Hello, folks, and welcome to the last Eurohoop pod of the of 2021, the last Eurohoop uh, pod uh, podcast of Eurohoops of the year. I'm Antonis Trogilakis, and with me is Adigoni Zahari. Adigoni, how are you doing? Hello, Antonis. I'm doing good. And uh, we are going to discuss uh, what else the year that uh, we are saying goodbye to, the 2021. The year that we hope to, perhaps we were too much optimistic about it, that uh-huh. we say farewell to the coronavirus, that uh, we will leave behind the accursed 2020, but uh, alas, this has still been... way to go. Yeah, we still have a long way to go, and uh, we unfortunately we can't keep uh, coronavirus out of our mind. It's everywhere. Everything we write at the Honey, this is right, we indeed. Talking about before the podcast, everything we write. Uh, about uh, on Eurohoops, uh, everything we are reading, uh, everything, uh, everywhere we turn our eyes to, we see the word coronavirus or COVID. Uh, for example, the coronavirus, coronavirus cases uh, among Euroleague clubs are rising and rising. We have more Euroleague games uh, getting uh, postponed. Uh, for example, uh, Olympiacos against Czeska uh, Moscow. More coronavirus cases among teams. It's inevitable that this thing uh, will happen, and that uh, it's a circle now. That uh, hopefully it will it won't be big. Hopefully it will end soon, and we will uh, return back to normality, or at least the normality we had in the beginning of the Euroleague season, with uh, uh, almost zero coronavirus cases and uh, the games, you know, being being played as normal the way they should be. But 2021, fortunately, wasn't just coronavirus. We had so many beautiful, amazing, uh, and uh, highly memorable basketball uh, moments. I mean, we could name so many out of them. We had, of course, Anadolu FS winning uh, the first Euroleague championship in the history of the club. Uh, it was perhaps Uh, long overdue for uh, Ergin Ataman and some of his players. FS was uh, the best team, has been, had been the, the best team in Euroleague for about two, three years. Justice and they was served. <laughs> went to the prominent, yes, as you said, the only well-deserved. And on the NBA, we had uh, Yanis Adetokubo leading the Milwaukee Bucks to the first NBA championship in five decades. And of course, uh, uh, finals MVP. For Yanis, Nikola Jokic, another European player winning season MVP in the NBA. And Adigoni, I already g- gave you three great options. <laughs> of course. Uh, which one for you, uh, which one of these three stands out as uh, the, the most memorable moment of 2021? The one that stands out? I think... Not only for me, but for most basketball fans in Europe, uh, Yanis winning the championship with the Bucks is definitely the moment of the year. I mean, it took so long, but their work paid off and Yanis was also the MVP. It was a great run for the Bucks. They deserved it. And for all the hype uh, that has been following Yanis in the recent years, this was meant to happen. So definitely it was the top moment of 2021 in basketball. And Yanis, uh, uh, you know, he has said uh, so many times, uh, since he arrived at Milwaukee, since the, since the Bucks drafted him back in 2013, 
that uh, he doesn't plan on uh, leaving Milwaukee at least until he, he gives a ring, he brings a championship uh, title to the team and he delivered the promise that uh, he made times and time and again to, to the team, to the fans of the city that, you know, embraced him for, for the first moment that uh, when the Bucks drafted him, he delivered this promise, he delivered uh, this uh, championship and he had some incredible epic performances the NBA Finals to, for Milwaukee to finally get this uh, elusive ring. Adigoni, I think we we both agreed on uh, what was uh, the biggest moment uh, when it comes to to European basketball from the last season. But uh, what I want to ask you, what I'm curious about is, which was the one game? I mean, we had a lot of a lot of great games. Thank God, this last year from uh, Euroleague, uh, the international stage, the Olympic Games, uh, the NBA, of course. But which was the the one game? Uh, regarding European basketball, when it comes, you know, it can be from a from a European player, it can be from a European competition, it can be from a from a European country in the Olympic Games, for example. Which one was the game that uh, you you remember the most? Oh, the selection is too hard because uh, there are so many games to pick up from. Um, I will go with Game Five of the. Playoff series between Anadolu FS and Real Madrid, uh, the way Anadolu FS completed the turnaround and finally advanced to the final four. And pretty much it was destiny at that point. This was one of the most exciting EuroLeague series we've seen in the recent years. I think you will agree with that. And, yeah, it, and, course, and it didn't begin like that because, you know, Real right. Madrid had uh, so many. First of all, Anadolu FS won the first two games. And Real Madrid had some injury problems. It had, it had absent players, and uh, you know many of us, uh, including yours truly, thought that uh, you know FS would do a sweep. And you know that's what makes the series uh, really stand out, and the way it went down to Game Five. And Real Madrid didn't give up Game Five. It was a hard-fought win for FS. It was a hard-fought win, uh, you know, they had to, I don't know, maybe they bought Kronoslav uh, Simon uh, dinner after the game because, uh, <laughs> well, no, I don't think they, they, would, they would spend much if they did something like that. Perhaps they would chip in all of the team to, to get him a big present, perhaps buy him a car right. or something like that, because that would be something really a worthy present for what uh, for that big shot that Kronoslav uh, Simon made in this game uh, to secure the win of FS because if Simon didn't make that the big three-pointer in the last minute, uh, who knows? Maybe we would have a complete turnaround, turnaround by Real Madrid. It would be a miracle. And then FS, no final four for FS and no first-time EuroLeague championship for the, for the Turkish team. But uh, interesting choice, Adigoni. I, I like your choice. Mm-hmm. If I had to pick one game and uh, myself, it would be, well, I, I wouldn't go with... Uh, this much of another of another dog choice like you did. I would pick uh, the Euroleague uh, final, obviously, 
Mm, I love this interesting. Game. I love this game. Uh, it was well. I, I don't. I don't know if it's a very interesting. I would say it's it's a bit of a predictable choice. Uh, but I simply loved this game. Uh, maybe it's because, you know, to be honest with you, a I was a little bit, uh, you know, cheering for uh, FS. You know, I'd like would like to play this impartial game. But honestly. I like the fact that uh, Anadolu FS won the championship because, as I said before, it was, I believe, it was long overdue. And this team, uh, you know, it had uh, some problems over the last couple of years. They saw this, they saw their season in 2020 getting uh, abruptly stopped by the coronavirus. And uh, they were the hottest team in Europe. They were one of the hottest and best teams ever we had seen uh, in EuroLeague. Then they had again to pick up their pieces. They had to fight uh, over, uh, you know, the, the disappointment that they didn't manage to reach the end of their destination in the previous year. They didn't begin the season well in EuroLeague. And this is uh, last season. And this is something also that fans of the Turkish team should consider right now because Anadolu FS isn't exactly... Uh, you know, a team to be feared right now, but who knows what will happen. Maybe they will uh, once again playing like the favorites, like one of the favorites, they will play like a contender because so far they have been improving since their, since their bad start of the season, but they still haven't played this, uh, you know, uh, basketball that says, hey, I'm here to win the, the EuroLeague title. So, right, yeah. but you know, it's it's hard to stay consistent for so long. They've been consistent for three years to win the championship. Now they've done that. Of course, they cannot keep up with that rhythm they had last year, but they're, they're still somewhat of the same team with some changes, of course. But I think FS fans should spare the team some, you know, some criticism this season at least yeah. that's how i see it but you know i get it well they had the, the worst start by euroleague champion ever these uh, four losses in a row for example it was unprecedented for a euroleague uh, champion to begin a season like this but uh, as you said i think that uh, many people expected that uh, fez will uh, you know enter the season uh, storming and uh, winning uh, everything um, it's not it's not that easy it's not uh, so simple and uh, I think that if uh, oh, there's one, one, there are many lessons that the Euroleague basketball has taught us over the years. But uh, one of these lessons is that it doesn't matter how you begin the season, it matters how you finish. And uh, FS has right. been consistent when it matters. Uh, and last season they did that. And they also did that in the Euroleague uh, final. They didn't begin the, that game well, as mm -hmm. well, but they closed on a high note with uh, Mitic and Larkin playing spectacularly and Mitic winning the MVP and uh, sweeping everything, winning the season MVP, winning the, the final four MVP, everything. And uh, speaking of players, Adigoni, we talked about, uh, you know, team achievements mostly. Which is the, the one individual performance from 2021? You know, we talked about great games. There were a lot of great games. There were even more great performances individual by, uh, by players so which one uh, is the one that you know left you with your mind open um i think we have to move on from european courts right now and go to the nba and of course i'm talking about luka Doncic. 
And game four against the Los Angeles Clippers in the playoffs, uh, when he hit that game winner that sent the world crazy. Everybody was so over the top with this achievement. And adding up to this game winning performance, he also had a triple double. Of course, uh, you know, when something so vivid happens in a game, stats don't really matter, but to think that he had a triple double and the game winner, that's just mind blowing. And of course, it's just so look at of him, you know? Yeah, it was a the, the moms really saw his uh, star quality there. Uh, <laughs> it's funny that you mentioned this game by Luca Dontis because my pick is another Luca Dontis game, but not, uh. but not an NBA game. It was, uh, it was a win uh, for Luca Dontis and Slovenia, a historic win actually, and a right. double performance. It was uh, the win of the Slovenian national team against Lithuania in the Olympic qualifiers uh, final of the Kaunas tournament. You know, Luka Dotic had uh, a triple-double, 31 points, 11 rebounds, 13 assists to lead Slovenia to the win in the final of the tournament and send uh, his country's national team to the Olympic Games for the first time in the country's history. It was a monumental performance. And, uh, you know, uh, as uh, all our listeners understand, probably, it's one thing to register a triple-double in the NBA. It's a completely different thing and a much more impressive thing to do that in a FIBA game. And when I'm saying FIBA game, I don't mean just literally, literally a FIBA game or international competition. But I'm talking about FIBA basketball, whether it's uh, EuroLeague, uh, EuroCup, uh, Basketball Champions League, uh, Domestic League, anything outside of the NBA to register a triple-double is uh, amazing. It's so impressive. It's so difficult. It's so rare to happen. And Luka Doncic did that in a crucial game, in a historic game for, for Slovenia and the first-time appearance in the Olympic Games. <laughs> So Luka Doncic has been everywhere this season, right? Yes, this yes. year, basically, not this season. We have two seasons in the same year. He has been everywhere, but uh, not in, uh, not except the Euroleague. I mean, uh, of course. <laughs> right, everywhere in terms of delivering. Uh, yes, uh, both the international states and the NBA. And uh, since I brought up uh, the Euroleague side of things, the Euroleague season uh, is halfway. We are halfway through the Euroleague season. The first leg of the regular season was over last week, and we are we have round 18 this week with uh, well, not a complete uh, round because some games are postponed. Fenerbahce Beko, Real Madrid is postponed. Olympiakos against Tsk is postponed. Milano Alba Berlin is postponed. We have three games suspended, and uh, we are waiting to see Euroleague rescheduling these matches to a later date. But uh, well, we have plenty of action this week. And at the only we are, uh, as we said, uh, we are halfway through the regular season, and we have uh, 
standout performances, standout players, standout coaches, standout team, teams. And uh, I'd like you to tell me your uh, your MVP so far. If the Euroleague uh, season, you know, ended right now, if we had half, half the games mm-hmm. we normally have, who would be the MVP of the 2021-2022 season? It should come as no surprise that I will say Nikola Mirotic. <laughs> I think if I would not say Nikola Mirotic, that would be, you know, the news here. Any message-wise, yeah. (laughs) Right. But undoubtedly, he is uh, on his top form. Barcelona is uh, doing so well uh, this season. Despite, you know, having all the, the recent injuries and some COVID trouble in the recent days, they keep delivering, they keep performing up to the best of their ability. And it's um, really part of uh, Nikola Mirotic uh, that Barcelona is doing so good. I don't know what would happen without him. Probably they wouldn't be the top team right now. No, they wouldn't. And uh, when we're talking about Barcelona, we are talking about nine wins in a row. An outstanding streak, a 15-2 record overall uh, in the first half of the regular season and the first place in the standings. And uh, as for Mirotic, well, he's leading the Euroleague in scoring with uh, nearly 18 uh, points per game. He has the highest peer among uh, all players. He's basically unstoppable right now. And yes, he is the MVP of the regular season so far and the favorite to win it at the end of the season, not only because Barcelona is doing so well, not only because he personally is doing so well, because right now I don't see anyone really competing against him. You know, uh, the, we we have uh, many players playing great basketball, obviously, but none so dominant as Mirotic is uh, mm-hmm. right now. For example, you know, the second uh, highest scorer in Euroleague is Elio Cobo, but as well, will uh, i don't i don't think i don't uh, know if they will make the playoffs i don't think they will make uh, the playoffs to make uh, perhaps bold uh, predictions sorry as well yeah. uh, will Kleiber is the third leading scorer and Ceseca is struggling a bit recently then we have uh, Isaiah Kennan who is an interesting dark horse uh, i believe in the race we shouldn't rule him out mm-hmm. and there are several other players there's uh, Vasilya Mitic uh, has been a bit, uh, a bit inconsistent. He, he definitely doesn't play the MVP basketball. He was playing last season and, uh, you know, when the season ended, he won the MVP, as we said before. But yes, I agree so far. It's all about Nikola Mirotic. But you know what, Adigoni, in the end, uh, for, in my opinion, what, uh, what caused Nikola Mirotic to lose the award last year was uh, his playoff performance against Zenit. It was a bit underwhelming. Yeah. It wasn't on par uh, with uh, his usual game. Mitis, on the other hand, was uh, had had some great games against uh, against uh, Real, and I think in the end that was uh, perhaps the decisive factor that turned the tables against him. Adigoni, I mentioned some uh, players already, and uh, you know I had a reason <laughs> to be honest with you. I mentioned those players because. Uh, if I had uh, to ask you about uh, your top five, mm-hmm. you know, apart we talked about the MVP, but which players would uh, compile your top five so far this season? 
now here comes the part where our listeners will send us hate because we won't mention their favorite player. <laughs> Please yeah, don't do example, that. Yeah, I see. I see. I see a specifically a specific team with a very large, a huge fan base of tens yeah. of millions. <laughs> Missing one player in the top five, but the only okay, mm -hmm. it's only you. But bring uh, out the uh, name. Know, I'll I'll take responsibility for that. If we did a second team, uh, he would be there. So I will. <laughs> okay, let's start. We have, uh, of course, Nikola Mirotic is in the best five since uh, we've mentioned. Uh, that he is the MVP for the looks of it so far. But my picks also include Isaiah Cannon, uh, a star performer as of lately. Jordan Lloyd, who has been very consistent all season long. Of course, not as bright as expected, but uh, he's pretty solid. Then Sasa Vajenkov, we cannot omit him from uh, the best five, in my opinion. He has been the reference point for Olympiacos, uh, a top performer, really, and this is probably his best season so far. Um, and to conclude this uh, top five, of course, we also have to include Walter Tavares into this list. Yeah. And, and now it's the point where I'm going to ask you before our listeners, you know, have a say on the best five, <laughs> which are your picks or which players would you change? I know you've mentioned a few names before, so go well, ahead. Let's argue. <laughs> well, honestly, I wouldn't make many changes because even though, you know, there are three names from this list that I wouldn't remove in any way. And this is, these are Vesenkov. Because mm -hmm. uh, we have to include an Olympiacos player because Olympiacos is uh, third in the standings right now. And uh, traditionally, if, um, if, for example, Olympiacos made the Final Four, if they make the Final Four, they have to, to have a representative in the Olympiacos first team. And if uh, such was the case right now, and if the season finished under these circumstances right now, then this player would be Sasa Vezenkov. Indeed, he has been uh, really, really, really great this season for uh, for Libyakos. You know, uh, he doesn't have the huge numbers, but uh, no, 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 no one player, no, no Libyakos player has huge number this season. You know, the, we have, for example, three players ever scoring in double figures, averaging double figures. Tyler Dorsey maybe he's, he's leading the scoring. In Olympiacos, but uh, you know, Sasa Vesekov, 12.7 uh, points per game, 5.5 uh, rebounds. Uh, this is a combination that uh, you can't deny. Edith Tavares, yeah, of course, that, that's a pretty, a pretty standard choice. Nikola Mirotic, and I can see the, the merit in both Isaiah Kana and Jordan Lloyd. Jordan Lloyd may not have the spectacular scoring numbers he had last season, right? Zvezda, but that's completely expected of him. The one thing that I like about uh, Jordan Lloyd this season is how he has uh, embraced the role of a playmaker because uh, Sebas Nebier was, uh, well, he actually hasn't played so far in Euroleague for seven. He played just one official game and he got injured. So he had, uh, Jordan Lloyd had to get this extra playmaking role and he has uh, delivered for, in my opinion, Jordan Lloyd is playing even better 
the last that in, uh, last season. Uh, he, as I said, he doesn't have the big scoring numbers. He doesn't deliver these uh, almost 30 point games, but uh, he's been uh, he's been a main reason why Zenit is uh, high in the standings. Uh, they are the fourth place despite injury problems, despite uh, missing the guy who was brought this summer to be the star of the team to lead this team. And I'm talking about uh, Sebas Napier. They are doing really, really well so far. One player that uh, maybe would have made uh, the list at Igoni is uh, Nando De Colo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would, of course. I would have uh, picked uh, Nando De Colo. And if not uh, Nando De Colo, then uh, maybe Jan Vesely. And uh, there is a reason I mentioned uh, those two players at Igoni is because that uh, I expect now all the love by Fenerbahce fans uh, <laughs> who will send all their hate to you. <laughs> And uh, I wanted, I wanted. To I see your it. plan. So, That's so an evil plan. There you go, Adiwani. Learn this lesson. But uh, I'm joking, of course. Uh, maybe, maybe Jan Vesely uh, between those two. And uh, yeah, Fenerbahce it's viable. Another, yeah, Fenerbahce is a team that uh, that was struggling uh, until some weeks ago. Then uh, they had managed to win uh, to win two games in a row. They had the losing streaks, no winning streaks, and then mm-hmm. they begin to win four in a row. They lost uh, last week to to Aswell uh, on the road, and uh, what was worse, perhaps, is that they lost also Jan Vesely and Nando De Colo, exactly the two players I mentioned before, to long-term uh, injuries. Uh, they will miss several weeks, both of them, and that's a huge blow for uh, Fernbachse. We will see how it will uh, affect them on the long run. The only you mentioned, um, we, we talked about the players. Now, uh, give me the, the guy at the side of the bench, the coach. The, the, your choice for coach of the year, so far, of course. For, you know, the total performance and for the turnaround uh, in comparison to last season, I will have to say Yorgos Barzokas. I mean, this Olympiacos team resembles nothing of last season it has been uh, a very solid run so far and he definitely has a say and for me you know i could say sarunas yaskevichus because barcelona is first and stuff but it, it was kind of expected you know what i mean but with olympiacos uh, there was no actual you know let's say blueprint quote unquote for what is to come this season and so far it's been a surprise uh, very positive um, results for the team and for that reason i have to go with him yes Joros Barjokas uh, if I, if i could pick uh, you know i can't really choose one coach to be honest with you right now Joros Barjokas would definitely make my top 3 this season and you mentioned Many reasons uh, why, as you said, he has completely transformed Olympiacos. Of course, Olympiacos has has some key differences on the roster in comparison with last season. There has been a huge upgrade in some uh, important positions. For example, uh, the arrival of Tyler Dossey, the arrival of Mustafa Paul, the arrival of uh, Thomas Walkup. We are talking about uh, not a huge renovation on the Olympiacos lineup, but these three players 
have elevated the quality of uh, the Libyacos game. Of course, Giorgos Barjokas was the one who recruited them to the team, and he is the one who is currently currently using them in the right way, who has built this Olympiacos squad that is right now third in the EuroLeague uh, standings, despite not having the budget that uh, other teams have that are below the Reds right now. Exactly, yeah. The other two coaches that uh, perhaps I would pick is A, Xavi Pascual of Zenit. Not only because uh, he's the next uh, logical choice, because, you know, Zenit is in the fourth place in the standings. And, you know, I would leave uh, Pablo Lasso and Sarunas Iskevicius out because, you know, for all the respect I have for the work, and they have done incredible uh, work uh, once again. It's not a surprise that Barcelona is uh, in the first place, and it's not a surprise that Real Madrid is in the second place. These teams have... Uh, big uh, depth uh, in the rosters, they have quality rosters, they made uh, important moves uh, over the summer. But I'd like to go with uh, the not-so-obvious choices, and Xavi Pascual is one of them, because Zenit uh, had to change many things. They lost Kevin Pagos to the NBA last summer. They brought a player to replace him that hadn't, hadn't managed <laughs> to play yet, and we talked uh, about him, Sabres Napier, he, because he's injured. Tough luck. Yes, tough luck. And Xavi uh, Pascual had to navigate through several uh, dif- uh, difficulties, and still Zenit uh, right now is fourth in uh, in the standings, despite all these difficulties. Has created a really, really, really competitive uh, outfit that has uh, registered some big wins so far. And if I had to pick uh, another option, that would be Velimir Perasovic from uh, Unix Kazan again. Unix Kazan has, uh, is uh, tied uh, with uh, Olivia Milano at the fifth place in the standings. You know, the EuroLeague standings right now show Milano above Unix, but uh, it's the opposite. Unix is above Olivia Milano because they beat uh, Milano at home. Not only beat, they crossed Milano actually by 26 points. A, a main reason I would pick the uh, Velimir Perasovic is that, uh, first of all, uh, he arrived at the team over the summer to replace Dimitris Priftis, who went to Panathinaikos. So he's a newcomer to this team. He had to, to sign some new guys. The team underwent some major changes in comparison to last season. They brought, uh, for example, uh, Lorenzo Brown. They brought Mario Hezonia. They brought Tony Cekiri. They brought uh, OJ Mayo in his uh, Euroleague debut. And uh, Velimir Parasovic had to work with some guys that, uh, well, they were simply new. He had to create this team uh, almost from scratch. And he managed to create uh, one of the best teams in Europe this season. You know, Unix Kazan has registered huge wins uh, against, uh, well, against almost everyone. You know, right. the Olympia Milano. Uh, they beat Maccabi at Tel Aviv. They beat Jessica Moscow by 21 points on the road. And they came so really close to, to beat Barcelona on the road last week in uh, one uh, insane game. One of the most exciting games we have seen this season. Uh, but uh, it was an overtime loss for Unix to Barcelona. But again, Velimir Karasovic, uh, you know, the main argument for him is that it, he created the team over the summer, he didn't have the luxury to work with uh, some of the players that the other uh, coaches had. 
he he had to create this team with some new ingredients and he has so far managed to cook them really really well and right that may return to to finish my, my long argument that is in route to return to the playoffs for the first time since 2012. Let's see. And Perasovic, I don't think he gets uh, enough attention for what he's done this season. So I'm glad that you mentioned him as your pick for the coach. And uh, last but uh, definitely not least, uh, Adigoni, the, the young guy, the young guy award, uh, the, the rising uh, star. I think there's a, a very obvious pick this season. Uh, don't you agree? Yes, we have to go with uh, one certain player who started with this potential and he's living up to it and he's out of competition in comparison to his, let's say, peers. Uh, players at his age. And if you haven't guessed it by now, dear listeners, uh, we're talking about Rokos Jokubaitis uh, from FC Barcelona. He's really on uh, on his own level, I would say. Um, he's Among young one, players, at least. Yeah, right. He's As you said, he's one of the young guys who actually gets uh, qualitative minutes. He's on a team that's winning. He has a great coach who has picked him and trusts in him, lets him develop. And, you know, at this age and uh, with the experience Jokubaitis has had so far, I think it's very important that he shares the same language as his coach. It's really important for his development. And, you know, qualitative minutes, he gets points, he has a role on the team that is, you know, important. We have to go with him for the Rising Star Award. Of course, and uh, Jakubaitis, uh, you know, injuries are never pretty, obviously, but uh, in a way uh, it was uh, a blessing in disguise, I believe, uh, for Barcelona. The injuries of Nicolathis and uh, Corey Higgins, who, by the way, are on their way back uh, to return, because uh, Rokas uh, Yakubaiti showed what he can do and showed how much uh, he can uh, deliver, as you said, by getting big minutes and quality minutes, not garbage time, uh, in difficult games, and with uh, he had to carry the team, basically. And uh, he had to carry the team uh, in uh, in crucial moments of the game. He he played in crunch time uh, against in the win uh, against uh, Anadolu Efes, for example, in Istanbul, and uh, in the one uh, against uh, Unix Kazan at home for Barcelona, where he actually had uh, 15 points. He was one of the best players of the team. Right. And uh, yes, I don't think that he has uh, any competition because you could buy this this season uh, about uh, the, the Euroleague Rising Star. Uh, it was uh, it's a no brain right now that he will be the one to win it, and uh, it would be it would be shocking right now if someone you know steps up and uh, and steals the the award for that him. That would be a surprise. It would be for a surprise now. because. Uh, Basically, first and foremost, uh, not because of the numbers Jokubaitis has, because of uh, the important role he has on the most winning team in Euroleague right now. And that's the thing, basically. No no other player 
in his uh, age range uh, play so much in a winning team and having a substantial role. It happened because of the injuries, you know, as soon as you can be just had to use him more, but it happened. The reason is irrelevant. And uh, Adigoni, uh, I think that's a wrap for the last podcast of the year, the last uh, Eurohoopod. And as always, now it's the time to find us on all podcast platforms. You can always find us on Spotify, hit the follow button to stay updated. Or if you prefer, you can find us on Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, and you can stream all of the episodes on anchor.fm slash Eurohoops. And keep checking Eurohoops.net. We have every new episode on the front page for easy access, you know, in case anything of the any of the other options doesn't work for you. Right. So uh, thank you everyone for uh, listening to our to our mid-season awards and our uh, our picks for the best moments of uh, the previous year. We are uh, renewing our appointment uh, for the next week, the first Eurohoop uh, of the 2022. The only, I think uh, the only thing we can say right now is uh, wish everyone the best ahead of a new year, right? Stay safe, everyone. Uh, keep your distance, wear your masks. Uh, you know, it's a weird time and with the COVID spike, it's always tough. But let's stay strong, let's stay safe, and we will go through that again. Yeah, uh, all the best for uh, ahead of the new year to everyone. Uh, I wish you <laughs> a truly better year than the, the one you had. Uh, I, mean, uh, you, I mean, if you had a great year, we wish you to have a more great year. And uh, if uh, you didn't have such a, such a good year, then may you have the year uh, that uh, you wish to have. Uh, may you have a health, happiness, and the best to you and your families. And uh, hopefully, uh, this uh, this COVID and uh, hopefully we, we won't be writing any more headlines about uh, COVID that you that, that's that's here's hoping indeed w- one of the wishes that we can do right now yeah you and I both <laughs> specifically all the best to you uh, guys and girls and uh, see you in uh, 2022 farewell <laughs>